Hey, it's Gavin. It's Wednesday, August 19th. It's 1148 PST. That's here in Mammoth Lakes, California. Um, around the world uh, for COVID, I haven't done one of these for a while, but uh, I've got Edith and um, Mary Ellen on the phone who are going to be talking about Toronto and Los and, and London. Uh, what's happening over there just to get an update. Right now, there's 22,218,000 cases around the world. There have been 782,000 global deaths, and there have been 14,156,000 people who have recovered. Let's start off in the UK first, Edith. Um, how are things going under COVID? Uh, are people able to go to the pubs now? Is it open? Are people wearing masks? Just give us an idea of what the everyday life is like there for you. Okay, and I'll include a little bit more of Europe because I went to Switzerland and I went to Greece recently. Okay. So um, it let, but UK, UK slowly started opening slowly in mid July, mm-hmm. uh, and you can go to a pub. And you can go to a restaurant. You can now get your hair cut. You can now get your uh, nails done. You can go to the movie theaters. You can go to an art gallery because I went to see a Warhol recently. But everywhere you go, you are you can go to the Apple store, which I went to today, which was quite interesting. <laughs> I've never been so not busy in my life in an Apple store. You know, there are strict rules. Yeah. And for the most part, the Brits are following it. And so even though they've opened. Do you have to wear masks? Inside all the stores, yes. But outside, you don't. On, on, no, you don't. And on the tube and on the transport, you're supposed to. There are people who don't. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, since this has happened, the I would say they're back to about 1,000 cases, maybe 800 cases a day over a week works out. Mm-hmm. Twelve, I think they said 12 deaths. So they they seem to have managed this. They have clusters. They've had to shut down parts of uh, Manchester. They've had to shut down some particular places. So they that's how they're treating it now. They're now looking at clusters and where they need to stop it, where they, if they need to do lockdowns, they're trying not to, not to do full lockdowns. They're trying to avoid a full lockdown everywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, slowly they're trying, they want to vamp up, which they haven't been good at to date. Mm-hmm. Um the testing. Now, you've been able to travel to Spain until recently. Now you can't. Yeah. You have to quarantine when you get back. You can travel to France. You used to be able to, but now you have to quarantine when you get back. Greece is still open. Italy is still open. Uh, a bunch of places like Aruba. But it's a, it's a two-week quarantine when you come back. And do yeah. you um, – are if, 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 we, if we did a rating out of 10 – and um, mm. 10 being normal before the mm. pandemic, how close are you to 10? Is it like a six or a seven or is it, is it, is it higher like an eight or a nine? I think it's a six, maybe seven. The trains are really empty. The tubes are really empty. People are still mostly working from home. A lot of people have left the city. Like we talked about schools, a little bit earlier. Schools, gone, schools in Scotland have gone back. And then the schools in the UK will go back at the beginning of September and this will be the test case because and, nobody's quite sure what's going to happen. And in London, mm-hmm. is it like when you're walking on the sidewalk or people like it, it's a big city? I mean, you know, it, it, people aren't obviously, mm-hmm. you know, being six feet away from each other, right? Well, they're trying. I mean, they've expanded the hot, this because I was in I was on Oxford Street today. I went to, actually to the Apple store to get something changed. And, um, you know, you come you get to the store and they say, what are you doing here? And they say, and then they take your temperature. And then they say, I need to do this. And they go, okay, then what's your name? And I said, okay. Because I mean, also part of this is 
if you were in the store and somebody happened to test positive later, they would probably call you, I imagine. Oh, are, so is there tracking? In. Like, do you do you have an app yeah. that you, you, you have on your phone? Does everyone have to download an app? It's not everyone. They're doing individually. I think the stores, the pubs, the restaurant are all taking note of who's in the, in the restaurants and um, and then. So, so when you go to a pub, you have to like sign in with your name and your phone number or something. With your phone, yeah. it's all. It's you see. This is all moved to the phone now. Right. Ordering food is moved to the phone, or like paying everything. This is this has been the the leap. Uh, that everybody may, may not have thought was going to be really as quick as it is, but it's definitely here. And the uh, last question before I move on to Mary Ellen is around there. There are obviously people who are not wearing masks. You don't believe this is mm. real, all that sort of stuff. Mm. How big is that movement here in the, in America? Obviously we have, you know, there's 50, 50 sort of people who believe and don't believe. Um, but mm. it, what's it like over in the UK? Is it just a small populace of people? And, and what are they saying? Why, why don't they believe that they should be wearing a mask, et cetera? You know, I mean, people call it, they're not, they don't really say freedom. They say they're not really sure that it works. But generally speaking, their people will be taken out of stores and restaurants if you don't wear one. Okay. Or like a restaurant, you don't need one, but in a store, you know. So people are much more, much more, they're fairly laid back here about this. But I mean, I was in Switzerland and I was in Greece just as things opened. And that was wide open. Oh, but there's <laughs> no the masks case- or anything. No, no, and and the Greeks, uh, the, you know, the Greeks have managed this pretty well. They test you. You have to sign a form. You can be tested at the airport. They need to know where you are, uh, you, you know. But you're going, you're going on a vacation, and you're outdoors most of the time. And I mean, like well, and there what, are more what, cases, and they're concerned, but still, I mean, there are far fewer tourists too. And what but was what Spanish, was flying around like? What was what was flying like? Flying the planes were full. I flew Swiss Air to the to Geneva. The plane was full. Everybody wears a mask. The best thing you, the most you're going to get is a bottle of water. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and then you stand in line. And I mean, the, there it was a little bit more chaotic. But everybody's wearing a mask, and most of them are are pretty serious about how they're wearing their masks. But the planes are full. Wow. Mary Ellen, let's talk about Canada because you don't have very many cases up there, but the border is locked between here and America. You cannot go to Canada, even as a, as a tourist, as a citizen, you can go. Cause I know that my wife and I are looking at going back to Canada. You have to quarantine for two weeks. Um, how are things in everyday life in Canada? Are people wearing masks? Are schools going back? Yeah, it's, um, I kind of describe it as a little surreal in the sense that it feels like the world uh, is returning to normal, but it's not normal. And, um, you know, here in Ontario, every county, health county, is now into what we call phase three. And in phase three, it means that um, you can get a massage. Uh, the restaurants are open. Uh, people are taking the subway, but not as much. More people are on buses and streetcars because the windows are open, and they think that maybe that's a little better for ventilation. Mm-hmm. Still, though, the roads are busier than ever before because a lot of people are saying, well, I'm not going to get on public transit. I'll drive. So more people, it's almost like rush hour at all the time. Oh, really? Get, yeah, which is a drag because like, I used to be able to get – when, when the lockdown happened, they could get anywhere in five minutes. And now yeah. we're back to the not as bad as if all the, you know, um, downtown uh, Toronto workers were, were commuting in, you know, the Bay Street crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people still working from home, but more and more like the stores are open. You have to wear a mask in any indoor place. So that's any store. It doesn't matter what any public building, any non-public building. You but not outside. To- 
Not on the slide, but what's interesting is you see a lot of people, let's say they, you know, in my neighborhood, you know, I'm close to an area called the Danforth, the main street, where there's lots of stores you can walk up. People walk up without the mask, but you go into a store and then you don't take the mask off until you get back home. So, you know, like people are being, in fact, whenever I go to that street, because it's the street is busy, I always just put the mask on when I get to the street. It's a little harder to social distance. Interestingly enough, on that street, <clears throat> used to be two lanes each way. They took it down to one lane each way. They created a bike lane hmm. um, in on the in the one lane, and they've uh, created seating at wherever restaurants are, so people can sit outside. And then they've therefore created so much more space on the sidewalk for you to walk, so that you can social distance on the sidewalk. This is happening throughout the city, where they're um, prioritizing pedestrians and cyclists over cars, which is probably one of the reasons why the cars, uh, the streets feel busier than ever before. Yeah. It's a pretty interesting thing. The um, There's another major road called the Lakeshore. It's closed every weekend um, on the eastbound lanes heading into the city, so cyclists and people can run. Are you serious? Walk. Wow. Yeah, they closed, so they closed the lane down. That's like yeah. four, that's four lanes. It's like a major highway. <laughs> Yeah, it is. You know, Geneva, Geneva did the same too. I, because I, I used to cycle in Geneva before, but they literally took streets, like major streets, and put like a major, major bike lane, and it was down to one lane for the cars. Yeah, and London, that's that's what's London happened. London has been saying they're going to do this. They have not done it. Yeah, the Danforth is a major uh, thoroughfare to get into the city. And it's down to one lane, you know, so like if you're wow. coming from the outer areas and, and it's and they're doing this everywhere to try to, you know, help with the numbers. And I think it's sort of work. the numbers like the average daily cases in Ontario for the longest time. It was less than 100 every day, new cases. Mm. And then it popped up to like 140 and then it went down again. Um, and that, the, by the way, that's all of Ontario. So in Toronto, the last I don't check the numbers as much as I used to, but the last number I saw for new cases in a day in Toronto, we're just over 20. This is a city of millions of people, and you got just over 20 cases. But the school, the schools are are the schools going back? Yeah, the schools are going back. They another. I don't follow that as closely because I don't have children, but I have been watching. And um, uh, you have a as a parent, you have a choice. Your kids can either stay home and uh, learn through online learning, or they can go back to school. And then there's like a part time, like you're in school for a couple of days and in online. Um, my uh, sister-in-law is keeping her kids home. Mm-hmm. And another friend of my friend Gwen that I was talking about in an earlier podcast is trying to decide, you know, what she'll do, uh, you know, with her daughter, Ava, who's in high school. And, and they'll make that decision together. But uh, it's just, it's interesting, you know, there's a, I think I saw a stat that they think 50% of uh, the students will stay home and do online learning because people are still very concerned that you just can't create enough space yeah. and you can't get the HVAC system sorted out. Um, you also, you were talking about testing, you know, testing is really ramped up here. Do you have and, an app? Is there an app that people? Uh, no, well, I'll get to an app in a second, just to finish the testing. Um, what's really interesting now is people that want to go visit their parents in, uh, nursing homes are asked to go get a test, they can freely go get a test and they're often getting tested every two weeks and then they can go visit their parents in the nursing homes, all socially distanced and everything. But um, it, it kind of skews the numbers a little bit because you've got multiple people getting tested multiple times. So you can't say, you know, 30,000 people don't have it. It could be that in a particular period of time, uh, 5,000 of those people were tested twice. So yeah. um, some people say it's skewing the, the results, but it's a, a good thing. A lot of people are going and getting checked 
And then in terms of the app, uh, a new COVID app was just launched here in Ontario that was created actually by a friend of mine, a former Microsoft colleague and her team. And uh, you sign up, it's totally anonymous and it tracks your Bluetooth signal. And if somebody gets COVID, they basically upload a code in there to say that they've had COVID and then the app <laughs> checks every single person that they came into contact with and then sends out an alert to every single person in the last two weeks that they've come in contact with. I just want the, con the, the, the contact that I've seen is that no one that has COVID wants to tell anyone they I mean, have it. Well, the thing is, have, it's yeah. totally anonymous. Yeah, though, yeah. Right? That, and no, so, one, no one trusts the governments. I'm sorry. Like after all the stuff that's happening now, it's totally anonymous and then they find out that it's a... I well, but but, but I Mary Ellen, around where California, you are California, you know I mean? California is like come on man it's like th that's pretty bad in California no are well I mean California is I mean the the, the issue with America is it's been politicized so California and New York it's a giant issue but yeah. you know this yeah. is this is why I'm doing this podcast because to hear you guys talk about that masks are absolutely a hundred percent required outside everywhere yeah. here in California they're not required outside Oh, outside? You yeah, have, yes. Outside. No, no, it's required outside. You must have a mask oh, on right. when you go outside. Oh, so wow. um, um, now that could have changed. I don't know. But I'm, you know, I'm up here in Mammoth and everyone has to wear their masks outside and people get very upset when you don't have it on or whatever. Um, uh, but I, I, it's ridiculous, obviously, because we know from the data um, that, that this this virus, when it hits the sunlight, it's killed instantly. Um, mm. So and that's what they're using to clear the Amazon warehouses is UV. You've seen that on site. So it, a lot of this is political. Um, there's a lot of people who are very upset. There's a lot of people who are, are you know, but, but I wanted to ask, and I'll start with Edith first, is that, you know, in your area, how many stores have closed? Because here, you know, in where we live in Los Angeles, there are so many stores that have closed. And we've also got the issue of defunding the police. And now the police aren't doing anything. And we in Venice, we have a massive homeless problem, like triple the amount we used to have. People are leaving in droves just because they can't like they, they're not regulating it at all. So I'm wondering in London, uh, where you live, uh, Edith, like how many of the businesses have closed that are not going to open again? Well, I mean, let me just say how Marks and Spencers yesterday said they were letting go 7,000 people. Wow. Whoa. And Marks and Spencers is sort of like Walmart, right? Exactly. Like it, like, yeah. But for the UK, this is like the store, you know? And every week, it's something like that. And that's those are the those are the big guys that will probably survive in one way or another. But no, you, I walked down, I was walking, I mean, some places are still there, but you can tell that it's stores with a little bit more uh, of a name yeah. are going to survive. If you were a small business person, even if you ran a small pub, you know, I mean, a lot of the pubs have changed, but you know, how are you going to survive when you're giving drinks to about, you know, 10 the, people instead of 40. But the government's given out a hard. lot of money in the UK, right? Like, so the, the, a they lot have. of these businesses, uh, like much like in the US and I believe in Canada, there has been a lot of money that's been doled out to people. And there that has that come to an end or is it still going? It is coming to an end. It is, uh, they might, they might have to continue. I saw Germany today is going to con continue the furlong, which means people who aren't working. And yeah, they're giving another, like a like thousand euros or something. 24 month. months. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I mean, they're, they're going to continue. The UK is probably, I don't know if they're going to keep continuing. I mean, uh, they're sort of saying, please go back to work. Please go back to work. But people don't really want to go back to work. Yeah. So the little businesses are trying to come back. I mean, the, 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 the nail stores, I mean, those but, but in your places. area, like how many of them are like, you, you know, that, that you walk by every day There's as you went up to the waitros. 
There's a, yeah. I walked up to the wait rows and there's there's a Vodafone that's gone. There's there's probably three or four easily in my little area. And yeah. when you go downtown, it's even worse. Yeah. Like big, we're talking big stores that are gone. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Mary Ellen, uh, on the Danforth, which is, you know, a really, there's a lot of stores there, a lot of little stores. And I feel a lot of mom and pop stores, maybe I'm wrong on that. But in that area, when you walk up and down there, like, how, is it like sort of a quarter of the stores are closed and not going to open? What have you heard? Well, actually, what's, what's interesting is it's a little different than that. Um, I was kind of shocked because you know, we were looking for an umbrella for our backyard because you're spending a lot more time in your backyard and they're all sold out everywhere. Yeah. And all of a sudden we found out that one of the local stores had some in. So we, you know, kind of run over and we walk in and there's people shopping as usual, you know, with their masks on. I don't go into stores except for this one umbrella trip. Mm-hmm. And and I I actually sense that because this area is so popular, a lot of the stores are starting to come back now. And there's only one place that I noticed, and he was a small tailor that we used to use. And all of a sudden, he, we realized he was gone, and there was somebody else already in that store. Wow. But what, what's interesting is I think this one particular part will be okay because it is really popular, and it's it's got a pretty affluent neighborhood around it with a lot of people that can work from home. But there's other parts of the city where you're definitely going to see that. Um, I think that that if you're in an area where you had something that was more of a nice to have than a must have, you're going to be in a really big trouble. Yeah, and yeah. there's only and the, and the big thing about Toronto is it all depends on your landlords. And and I the thing I see is even some haircutting places I noticed they're closing. That's a landlord play. If the land like I've heard from uh, where I get my haircut, which I'm going tomorrow to get it done. Whoop! First time I'll walk into those to a salon in six months or whatever. The I was told the person who owns the place um, got a really good break from the person who owned the building. Yeah. 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 Because the person who owned the building owned the building outright and said, look, I can do without rent for three months. You keep your he he understood the long term value of keeping that business afloat and gave them a break and just don't pay. My understanding is the Canadian government has given businesses a lot of money. Like there's been a like Canada is well known for supporting people socially. So my understanding is that with something called CERB that people are getting a lot of money that, 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 you know, businesses or small businesses particularly are, are being able to access that, that it was different than it was here in the U S I mean, it was a total mess here in the U S trying to get money, you know, as businesses, but in Canada, because the, you know, it's more, it's more socialist and they're used to giving out money to people. My understanding was right into, into, into bank accounts. Whereas here in America, they could not figure it out because they never, the government never gives out money to people. They just don't do that. Yeah. Well, first well, of all, the service for individuals, the, yeah. the service for individuals and it's continuing through to October. It's been extended twice. Oh wow! And so that, that helped individuals like you know, my hairdresser um, and my the woman who cuts my mom hair, it helped them survive because they were getting, you know. How much did they get? $2,000 a month, $500 a week. And by the way, three people in my family, all women, all lost their jobs. Oh. And so they were all on the CERB, you know. And so it's very interesting. It, it, the numbers in Canada in terms of how it's hit women more are huge. Then on top of that, as a business, you could there was different programs that you could go after. As a landlord, there was different programs that you could access. So you could offer the rent relief, and then um, the last part was um, if you were a larger business, 
and you kept the people on your payroll, you were getting, uh, I think, up to 75% of the salaries to keep those per- people on your payroll, wow. which, yeah. which is also helping. Those people collect CERB, but they're on their payroll so they can continue to get their um, you know, health benefits. Uh, not that it's the same as the U.S. at all. These are just things to be able to get your teeth cleaned and get eyeglasses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's been super, super uh, supportive. But there is like a... You know how much longer can that go? The good thing I would say that it's probably sixty to sixty-five to seventy-five percent business as usual. It's those niche areas there, like travel, just got decimated. Yeah. You know, if you're WestJet laid off tons of people, it's a major airline, Air Canada. Um, if you're in the travel industry, hotels, you know, like no cruise one's ships. coming here, cruise ships, tra- like there's certain sectors that it's going to take years to come back for mm. sure. Wow. And I but guess, I mean, yeah, you, go ahead. But you also, you know, you let's be fair here. You know, yeah, I know it's money and people are saying they made more money than if they'd been working and why can't get workers. I've heard this. But you know something? If we give people money, then all of us, are in a safer, better place. Because if people are on the street and they're homeless and they can't eat, then you're creating a society that's going to be like in a chaos. You know, I mean... No, I mean, I think 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 we're going to look back on it. We're helping people so that we can all help each other. No, no, I I think that, you know, I think America's America's the same thing. I mean, $6 trillion has been paid out. It's never been done before. We've got 40 million people who are out of work. I mean, the the issue is that how long can this continue, which we all know can't go on forever. And two is that how are we going to pay for it? And that's the real worry is that there's governments, you know, this is going to be a long-term scenario. and, 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 And the governments that are in now are probably probably not going to be in when they have when this has to come back and pay for it that that's the key with democracy it's generally changes every four or five years and so in four or five years we're going to start paying for this with higher taxes and and all those sorts of things and people are worried about it they're also worried about the next generation i've heard a lot of my you know friends who have who've kids who are like 18 19 20 they're the ones that are going to be paying for this because this is not something yes. that's going to be coming um you know overnight and i think when we look back on it and the last question i have before we sort of wrap up is that um, I'm finding here in the U.S. and you know our news media is not the greatest here. But do you feel? And I'll start with uh, Edith first. Is Edith? Do you feel that you have all the information you need, um, or are do you feel that you are confused about actually what this virus is, what it does, um, and how you're you're going to attack it? I, I'm talking mostly about disinformation and confusion because here in the U.S. Everyone I talk to is so confused now about what, what, how deadly this virus is, what they should be doing, who gets it, who doesn't get it, how it works. Um, so I'd love to hear just from the, the UK perspective, and then Mary Ellen, I'll ask you the same question. Okay, but first before, I'm going to just say really quickly. But meanwhile, while all of this is happening, the markets, particularly the big four out of California, are doing better than they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Let's put this into perspective. There, people are putting money somewhere. There is, there is money. There is money. There will be have to be a lot of money, but there is money in the world. So let's just that's an aside. The, the information. I think that we keep forgetting that we knew nothing about this virus because it was brand new. We've learned. 
We've learned that it doesn't live on surfaces for 72 hours, but but for a long time we believed that it was true because somebody thought it was true, and maybe it was maybe it was true because somebody caught a piece of it. We are learning as we go along. We don't know what the kids are going to do when they go back to school. We know that it affects older people, but we also know that younger people are getting it now just about as much as other people, but they're not getting as sick, so they're not dying and they're not in the hospitals. We're, we're, we're just on a roller coaster with a disease that we knew nothing about. So you, if you're not keeping up with it, because you're sort of tired of it, and I can, I can understand this, um, you know, you, you, you just have to keep going. But I, I do think that there's some things that have not changed. Wash your hands, be outside as much as you possibly can, stay away from enclosed spaces for long periods of time, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, keep your distance. And this, and wear a mask, which protects other people probably as much as you. Yeah. And then we're sort of okay. And we, we've had a really weird and uh, crazy thing that's happened here in California, especially in Venice, is that the, the homeless people, which we were most worried about, actually are not getting COVID because they're outside so much. They have such high <laughs> vitamin D. They have such high vitamin D numbers that... <laughs> that they unfortunately we had to admit that they just don't get it um and and if they do get it it seems that being outside all the time as a homeless person is actually very good for your health probably bad all the drugs and all the other stuff but actually yeah, quite but- good for your health because we've known for a long time that you know 10,000 ui of vitamin d will protect you against yeah. this um and this has been true so that recently came out here in venice um in los angeles and people were actually had to have a little chuckle at the homeless are sort of protected because yeah. they live outside but let's switch over to mary ellen mary, but, mary ellen. let me just also yeah i'll give you one more little anecdote i know two couples one was gay, one was straight, married. There's one person that had it, tested. They were sleeping in the same bed, and the other one didn't. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I so, think So, you know, we don't know. We yeah. don't know. Some, we don't know too some much. Some people seem to be, we don't, we, like, we're learning as we go. Some people are clearly, clearly, you know, well, homeless do people other- are protected. Yeah, clearly, homeless people. <laughs> so I, I've decided to start modeling my la- life after the homeless, sleeping under the stars, <laughs> being outside in the sunshine as much as possible. And I'm lucky I live in, here in California where it's 90%, 99% sunshine. I mean, when we have rain, it's really crazy. But um, so let me throw it over to Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen, do you feel that you've gotten all the information you need or are you confused about the virus? Because there has been so many, you, you know, first of all, it was transmissible when you didn't have it, that's not true. The WHO put out a whole bunch of things that were just untrue. Um, you know, there's things that have been released. And so people are so confused as to what is really going on. But we do know one thing, masks work. Um, it reduces the amount. If you do it, it mm-hmm. works. And because we can see from Japan only having, you know, a uh, uh, thousand cases and South Korea having only 300 deaths, um, that that is a culture of masks. How is it in Canada? Do you feel that you've got all the information or are you still a little scared, a little reluctant to go outside because you're not 100% sure how the virus functions? It, it's interesting, you know. Um, I, I think that uh, if you look at history and you think about this a little bit, um, I'm reading Emma Donahue's new book, uh, The Pull of the Stars. And uh, it's, it's set in Ireland at the end of the uh, uh, First World War at the time that they're dealing with the pandemic. And I'm only like 40 pages in and it's so eerily familiar. It's like to, and she wrote this book like a year before the pandemic hit. And it's so eerily familiar. And and one of the things there was an article with her um, recently where she said they knew nothing 
Like they had none of the information that we have. Yeah. And so reading this and it's so eerily familiar, all the things they're telling them to do, the fresh air, the get outside, blah, blah, you know, to stay away from everybody, the same six feet thing. <laughs> it's all there. It's like the playbook. We just, you know, brought out a new playbook, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about the information, do I have enough information? I have access to the latest information every day because I put the time in to do it. And every person out there, if you feel you're confused, we'll just put some time in. Did you, do you feel that the information is truthful that you're getting? Well, but hang on a sec. Cause like to me first, put the time in CBC, BBC, New York times, American newspaper, one of the best globe and mail, the guardian. I would question but you on we, that one. Well, all of them have really strong reporting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like those, pick the Washington Post, pick whichever you like, but find the good reporting, not Fox News, not, you know, talk radio, whatever. Then what do I have access to? I have access to the latest information, what we know in that particular day. So you can't say, is it truthful? It's what we know at that particular point. And the one story I'll tell you about that I we were laughing about the other day. We were all washing our, our, you know, groceries when they came in for months, you know, including friends of ours and friends of theirs. Everybody in Toronto was pretty much washing the groceries. You go pick them up, you bring them in, you're washing bananas, you're washing apples because you're afraid <laughs> everything was going to be on it. And now we're laughing and going, yeah, I stopped washing groceries two weeks ago because yeah. new information comes out. Now, am I going to be upset and say, that's horrible, that's terrible, I can't believe they led me astray? Now it's a funny joke. Remember when we used to wash groceries and how long that took every week? What a joke. We sort of knew from the beginning that that was. Not necessarily. (laughs) It was a great piece in the Atlantic about you better wash your groceries. So, hey, you know. So my point is you roll with the punches and you try to be as safe as you can. And then you make the decisions based on the information you have about what you're going to decide to do. But do you you think that people are more confused now or are they less confused? I think less confused. I think more and more people get the four basics. And the four basics are, for the love of God, wear a mask, stay six feet apart. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, There's just some real basics to this. And everybody knows. Stay outside. Stay outside. I guess the the, the hardest part for me is that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's. It's, it's very similar to the flu, and yet we still don't look at it like the flu. And we know what the flu is. During flu season, you wash your hands. You We should oh, be wearing sorry. masks during flu season, but we don't. And that's what I guess has confused me the most is that we knew right off the bat that this was a virus that is very similar to – it's an influenza virus. And yet we panicked about it, that it was something that it wasn't. It's it's just but not it's true. Much, it was much, but Gavin, it was much more infectious. And I think the one thing too, Gavin, is you you took an assumption there that's very interesting. I do not think during flu season, because we had forgotten the pandemic of way back when, because we weren't around then, um, we didn't wash our hands well. We didn't wear masks. No, 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 because we stay six feet apart. People came to work when they were sick. You're go you you were talking about what's going to happen going forward. Every flu season going forward if we ever get a vaccine and get out of this this is just the new protocols that everyone will know yeah. inherently that's yeah. the those those things that you know wash your hands wear a mask stay six feet apart and if you're going to visit visit outside but that, i mean the, the main the main thing that we you know that i just talk to people as I, I i ask people i say hey listen do you have you had the flu before yes i had it was awful okay do you have any of those symptoms right now do you have a headache do you have a fever do you have no i haven't fine 
wear a mask and let's go out and have a good time. The problem is that that's what should have start, started from the beginning. We knew that that what it was. And yet people and the doctors knew about it. And that's the thing that's really, really upsetting is that we went down a road of panic and craziness. Um, and that, that I think that generations will look back on this and go, we had the best doctors in the world. And I did a podcast, 61 podcasts, and I talked to people every week and every diff single country was different. And that means that, that it was political from the beginning. And it also means that the scientists who are arguably the same all around the world were not joined up and they were saying different things about something that we absolutely a hundred percent knew about. That's what really bothers me. I'm going to finish by saying there was no global leadership on this. True. And I think the scientists have been more together on this than we are even aware of. There was no global leadership. But the WHO tried to be that leadership, right? The WHO is not the the WHO could do what it. It's like UNHCR with refugees. Yeah, they can do so much. They are a UN organization. They are not the voice of Gordon Brown in two thousand and eight or B- Obama in when when it came to the to the financial but crisis. But it, it, it there it's was the World no, Health so Gavin, Organization. Like I, but Gavin, listen to what Edith is no saying. There was no global leadership because they didn't agree. And that's and, just the, the times we're living in. Bolsonaro in Brazil wanted to do what he wanted to do. Trump wanted to do what he wanted to do. There was no No, but those are the politics side. Not, what about the scientists? No. The, the scientists no, 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 were, no, no, wait, Gavin. You needed the politics to get to the science. There was not one no. global meeting about this not one and gavin listen have you to- ever had have you ever had have you ever had a crisis in the world that was the way it was and not had a global meeting about it? there was none you know and who's gavin- running the g7 right now and the g20 it's the united states of america there was no global leadership and edith and gavin what's amazing about what you've just said edith i think this is the first time in history where we haven't had the U.S. Exactly. playing that global exactly. leadership role. Exactly. And the world looked to the U.S., and unfortunately exactly. there was somebody there who didn't understand how to do that. And then on top of that, the WHO wasn't as effective as they should have been. And because the CDC, the next person who would have maybe yes. been able to step in had been cut, it was a perfect start. And Gavin, it's, a, it's incredible. It's the first time in my life I go, oh, my God, this is what the U.S. used to do. They were the global yeah, exactly. leader that everybody followed. And this is the first time they weren't there. Yeah, yeah but we, I mean, obviously, to, to, to defend the U.S. a little bit is that we, we, we didn't get it first, right? We, it came from China, then it went to Europe, and then it came to America. So, uh, you know, to be, to, be, to, to be a global leader. Who, who brought the Marshall Plan together? Who brought, you know, I mean, who, it, th- that was the, this is the role that the United States has been playing since the Second World War. Whether we like it or not, that has been part of its role. And, yeah, we're and trying to compliment the U.S. I'm not faulting, I'm just saying, it, uh, whether, whether it was just them or whether it was because there was such disagreement between France and Germany and the, and meanwhile, the U.K., I mean, the Prime Minister is shaking hands with everybody and he's in hospital nearly dying. Yeah. So don't look yeah. for global leadership from the Brits. 
you know? Well, no, I think you bring up a really good point is that that there was there were I I I I mean, you maybe you know, I I'm going to google it afterwards. I find it hard to believe that there wasn't a scientific body that got together and that was sharing information on a global basis. I I find scientific. it scientific. I didn't say scientific. I said No, no, no I, I I yeah, the political, I can understand the political. I mean, we 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 that you we can go into the machination of I understood it, but I could be mistaken about that they wanted to have a meeting and because right now it's the G7 is up to the United States of America, the that government said no. Nobody's meeting. If we don't want to meet, you're not meeting. Yeah, I mean and, and obviously this is you know the 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 cold war we're in with China at the moment, you know, the, yeah, the, 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 yeah, which is it, you know, which led to a lot of yeah. this and it realized, but I think that yeah. you're right. I think that it brings to, to the forefront some very interesting things that the United States had always been a global leader and everyone looked yeah. to the U- U.S. And I think that I would argue that that was wrong, um, that that people shouldn't be looking to the U.S. to do that. So um, uh, we'll figure it out. Anyway, guys, I really appreciate uh, you doing this. And uh, thank you so much for, uh, for for being on the call. And we'll get an update in a couple of weeks. And it's been really interesting and, and lots of great insights. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.